Welcome again to Season 2 of the Heads Up Podcast. In this episode, I'm speaking with Niall Ronan. Niall, of course, started his career with Leinster and then went on to make his career with Munster where he accumulated over 100 caps whilst also going on to represent Ireland at full international level. Unfortunately, Niall had to retire early with a knee injury and in this episode, we discussed that and also his concussion experience. So Niall, thanks for taking the time and, and coming on board. No problem, thanks for having me. Niall, just to get started, you, would you mind just giving a guess an overview of your career, how you got started, where you played, and then I guess the eventual reasons for you retiring out of the game? Yeah, so I would have, my background would be getting football, so it was 90% of my week was getting football Monday to Sunday, and I used to play for Delvin Rugby Club, which would be um, a small rugby club in Drogheda, and I would have played maybe once a week. When I was about 14, Drogheda and Delvin, two teams in the same town amalgamated, and rugby kind of kicked off when I was about 15, and we were probably the two best teams in Leinster anyway, and uh, we amalgamated and we got to All-Ireland Finals, so that's really how my rugby career kicked off, and I got selected for the Irish Youths when I was, uh, I think it was 17, mm. and I got the taste for rugby, how professional it was, trial then for the Irish in the 19s, and uh, I got cut, and I thought, right, that's me, John, with rugby. I wanted to go and try and concentrate and play football for me. That was the plan. And uh, I actually got a call to come in for a trial game before the six, I was whatever, four nations it was at the time and the World Cup. And an A versus B team, I actually went up and we, we won and scored a hat-trick. And my whole rugby career changed from that moment. Mm. So to be honest with you, I just finished with rugby and I was going to go back and play Gaelic. But that kind of, I got picked for the Irish in the 19s that year. And um, it went from there, so I went to the Irish 21s and then uh, Leinster signed me for four seasons. Contract was up, Leinster 2, International 7, so my time was up there. I got an opportunity to go down to Munster for 12 mm. months and it was the best seven years of my life. Mm. Got loads of rugby, made some great friends, won trophies and it's a place I miss an awful lot. People are great. Shannon Rugby Club was the club I joined and again, feel the same way about them. I enjoyed my time there, but when I was 31, I got a knee injury. It was game over then. Um, I had a, basically a bad cartilage injury, and it was the right decision to retire. Like Never been the same again. But anyway, that was my rugby career in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, nice nice sequence. You know, a good I run. I as well. I don't want to miss that. They were a great club for me yeah, when I was with Leinster. Yeah, oh, naturally, naturally. But, but like from, from your own point of view, like what, what were the, the main kind of pros and cons about being involved in a, a professional rugby set up the pros where you're, you're challenged uh, when you play professional rugby you have to be professional you have to train well you have to eat well you have to get your analysis done individually and collectively as a team so it's not as easy as just playing a game like I really like that was a challenge that, I wouldn't say it was a negative but that was the hardest part for me playing was obviously the most enjoyable part in training you get to travel the world mm. professional rugby I got to play the Hong Kong Sevens I went to New Zealand Australia Chile all over America, you get to travel the world, and that's a huge um, life experience uh, more than anything, really. And then rugby, to play rugby on top of it, happy days. Yeah, yeah, not not bad, not bad, you know. Uh, see see the world and all that. But how's your body now? I mean, yeah, you had the knee injury. Like, I mean, what's your how are you health wise now at this stage? I I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I had three knee operations, so like my body doesn't work like it used to. Few runs now over the last few weeks due to coronavirus, and I'm very slow. Yeah. I'm in a WhatsApp group and the lads are doing 5Ks in like 30 minutes and it'll take me probably an hour to do it. But look, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. 
I look after myself I'm qualified in strength and conditioning so yeah. I would do my strength training um, and my rehab and all my core core work and I do yoga maybe two or three times a week so I think if you look after yourself your rugby injuries will stay away but if you forget about them and you don't eat well then that's where they come back I think mm. and that can haunt you a bit but from from your own point of view when you were playing did you ever experience concussions either suspected or uh, un, undiagnosed what, what was your experience? Well, the ones I can that I can remember yeah. are um, like there was one against Connacht. Now I definitely was concussed, uh, but it wasn't um, as high profile as it is now or last few years. Uh, concussion. To be honest with you, I played the whole second half and I don't remember anything. Mm. Connacht and uh, my parents were at it and they drove me home and they asked me, "Did you score a try?" And I said, "I don't think so." And they said, "You did." Like so, I can't remember that. Right. That was a full second half. I think it was Nick Williams's knee. That hit me so like yeah. that's gonna knock you out. Um but uh, that was the only one that I can remember, uh like that was bad. Okay. Um, I think that was the end of the season, so I didn't play the following week. Mm. Um there was other there's I started to describe it, there's kinda of like deja vu moments when you get knocks on the head. I don't know if that's a thing, but where you get knocks hitting on a rook or whatever, mm. top of the head, you, you get up and you feel like you were there before or yeah. yesterday or a week before and I've I've had them an open side flanker and that would be um, I suppose a constant thing where you get knocked in all different angles of your body you know yeah it's interesting uh, just the nature of, of, of your job I guess as a seven that that's the way it was going to go from the, the the ones that you experienced what kind of symptoms did you have or did, did you think you experienced say the, say the ones that, that you knew you definitely had or even the ones you described there as the deja vu type moments the one I was concussed I was totally knocked out and so I, was, I didn't tell anyone that I was concussed, so I played on. So that was my, but I didn't kind of know either. So I suppose a mixture of both. So the following day now, I could, I could feel the repercussion from that knock. Like I would have had a headache, felt drowsy, you know. Yeah. So they were the, the bad ones. Um, and then the deja vu ones are they're more impact at the time. So it's like a minor concussion at the time where you feel it and you play on with the adrenaline gets through. But the next day, your neck and your top of your head would be sort of touch definitely right okay yeah just just interesting um from your own perspective the, the ones that you're that you're calling sort of the subconcussive or the or the, the the minor ones what's your did you feel you had a responsibility to stay on the field you know during during those ones or what, what was your thoughts or was there anything going through your head uh well i wasn't coming off <laughs> that was so the minor ones were just it's like a knock you know okay so, Small impact, and you go right. I'll be grand. I'll carry on. You know, there's more education now, and there's more awareness now, and I think that's a good thing because we could have played um, through you know bad concussions and made ourselves worse. Now, thank God, I didn't have any bad concussions. Like some of my teammates would have had been in dark rooms for a few days and mm. playing for three weeks. I never had it that bad, thankfully. Okay. But uh, I would have had a lot of impacts in the head over the years. From from your own point of view. Do you think that, again, not necessarily from your own point of view, but like from your fellow teammates or the fellows that you may have played against or with, if, if you had one concussion, do you think that makes you more prone to to subsequent ones? I'd, I'd say yes. I'd yeah. say yes. Like the impact there, like there's obviously damage when you impact mm. unless you, you recover uh, appropriately like over a period of time. So, but if you keep going back playing week in week out with a concussion or don't give yourself enough rest to mm. prepare then definitely it's going to have more of an impact okay in, in terms of you've got distinct um, I suppose memories 
which is a bit of an ironic one, but you have distinct memories of, of the concussions. How long did you feel that your symptoms kind of lasted, say, from the the ones, the, the serious ones you can remember, and then maybe the, the minor ones, as, as you described? Well, the minor ones were, like, I suppose, any Sunday after a game, it would be sore everywhere. Yeah. Like, my neck and head would have been sore mm. if I got an impact. But the, the, the worst one that I can remember, anyway, was the one against Connacht, and uh, for the three or four days, and were, I, I could feel the side effects, if you yeah. get me. Okay. Um, light was fine, but I had headaches and I just kind of felt my vision was slightly blurry. Mm. I wasn't myself at the end. Yeah, I do. Um, from from the one against Connacht, did you go, undergo any CT scans or was there any kind of hospital treatment you know, around that time or just all managed in-house? Yeah, well, the season was over and yeah. holidays and I got through it to the end. All right. You, you, you just mentioned there that you didn't experience it, but maybe some of your the fellas that you played against did that. They, they had to go into a dark room. I mean, did you hear of anybody that may have had any kind of like emotional disruptions like the dark room stuff, like the ups and downs or anything like that? Yeah, some players would have been um, getting sick and they would have severe headaches and light would have affected them. Right. And they'd be in the room for maybe four or five days and there was, um, it was it was tough for them, yeah. you know, and they didn't play for the appropriate time or until they were ready to go back mm. and get re And so, gotcha. like, there, was, there was the protocols, but as I said earlier, there's more um, awareness now, which is a good thing. Yeah, your your own opinion, I suppose, of concussion at the minute. I mean, have have we gone very far overly analytical? Like, it's there's a massive em- emphasis on it, or are we kind of somewhere in the middle of the road? Or are we? Is is there kind of still a lot more latitude to to try and develop the conversation around it? Yeah, I think you should always improve it because it's your head is um, very important. Your mm. brain is anyway. Yeah, but so you need to protect that. Um, and I suppose if you look at the missed tackles in rugby, going into the technical side of rugby, mm. the missed tackles are the high ones where mm. you're trying to tackle high at an angle and you're trying to tackle high. Mm. So if you go lower, lower, you're going to protect the head. Mm. Yeah, I think you need to be cautious and maybe tackle rules should be a bit, it should be better tackles more than, more than pushing the concussion side of things, you know, because okay. ego takes over sometimes and look for the big hit and they try mm. and smash them mm. but again people have that technique for years all the situations where you're in a game where you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you can't get down low enough there's a bit of everything but again you have to be cautious uh, around the head and I definitely be keep promoting it and yeah. especially for the younger kids as well What was your experience say from your own on-field management I mean in terms of say the, the notable one against, the, against Connacht I mean how was your how was the whole process around identification and removal? And, you know, do, do you think it was consistent across the clubs that you were with? I know you, you had four years with Enster and obviously the number of years with, with Munster. Like, but, so there's kind of two parts of that. Like, how was your own on-field management? And then do you think it was consistent across kind of both organisations? For my own, it was kind of, when I got the bad concussions, it was mm. kind of, I was about 27 or maybe around that time. Mm. As again, the awareness, awareness wasn't there, so I didn't really know. I thought mm. my head was sore, it'd be grand, you know. Nice. Uh, but towards the end of my career, I didn't have any concussions, but the protocols were there, and you had to make sure you tell the physiotherapist and the doctor mm. to they go through the right protocols and procedures. So they were excellent. And, you know, you weren't allowed back on to contact for training, you know, if you weren't right, and then obviously you can't play then as well. So in Ireland's, they're very good and they're uh, coaching some rugby um, with Castlenock Junior Cup team and again the protocols are brilliant and they're mm. implemented by all the coaches in the schools very mm. well so yeah no they were good experience but again earlier on professional rugby was going through uh, 
evolving yeah. it wasn't as as good you know yeah yeah different times i suppose you were you were there at an overlap an overlap period as well between the kind of the semi well not semi-professional but fully professional i guess that the, the, what we what we know now do you think there's any like long-term health effects experience in multiple concussions in your career um i hope not yeah i suppose there could be um i think though if you still live an active healthy life and eat eat well I think that will definitely help. Okay. You know, so if you've got old injuries, uh, brain or body, and you, you don't look after yourself, mm. you don't eat the right foods, and you're you're not you're not active and you're fit, you're overweight. I think that's what might trigger them. It might mm. be, mm. but again, you could be unlucky. Life's unlucky, and something happens, and you're uh, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it, it turns into something you don't want it to turn into. You know, so again, it's I, I don't I can't answer the question because yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. You're you're obviously a fan of the scrum cap when you were playing. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think like gum shields yeah. and scrum caps do they do anything to kind of protect you, protect the brain, or protect you from concussion, concussive type injuries? Do you think? Well, the reason why I wore a scrum cap, uh, Axel Anthony Foley said to me, "If you keep coming off and getting your head cut, getting stitched, and not picking you next week," so I got a scrum cap. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> fairness, I thought it was very good, protecting me. I didn't wear gum shields myself because I found it hard to communicate mm. with my teammates. Now, um, each their own, but mm. I, I had to talk and communicate as defensively anyway uh, from my position. So I didn't wear a gum shield, but the scrum cap I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, uh, didn't suit the, the shape of my head, <laughs> right. but but uh, definitely I thought um, it, it was a very uh, positive effect by wearing it. Okay, um, you mentioned there a while ago about about tackle technique and you know how you're approaching context situations I mean do you think there's any kind of you know changes uh, to the laws of rugby that could maybe reduce injury risk kind of mitigate against concussion risk itself yeah I think from the hip downwards would be a good start but mm. again you've been playing rugby for so long you could be 25 and you're playing rugby for 25 years and then you've tackled a certain way and you have to change it it's very hard instinct takes over in the heat mm. of the battle so I don't know how they're going to control that but I think if you get like chop tackle was probably my um, go-to tackle uh, because I wasn't as big as the other guys and I could get up and kind of uh, try and poach as quick as I could but anything from hip downwards I think would be a good start mm. but again it's, it's a difficult one it's tricky What's your thoughts on, on sort of clubs themselves and club owners do you think you know, clubs, you know, have a responsibility in terms of, you know, managing long-term effects or do you even think they've got a responsibility uh, in that space? Yeah, blame for them and their, their employer. Yeah. Definitely. So, but after that, well, you sign a contract, you mm. sign up, play the sport and represent the club, whatever that may be. The risk you take in any sport, I suppose, yeah. soccer. There's talk about soccer now, you can't head the ball if you're under 14 or something like that. Yeah. So again, risk, sport is a risk, and especially mm. rugby, it's a complex sport. So mm. I think if you sign on the dotted line to get paid to play rugby, it's your choice, mm. and uh, you have to face consequences, I yeah. think. Now listen, uh, th- thanks for taking the time to have the old chat. Really appreciate it. Best of luck with the business as well. Uh, I know you're flying it. Now listen, thanks, thanks, thanks for jumping on board and taking time for the chat. Okay, thank you.